funny. There seems to be ketchup on my new suede shoes. What are we gonna do about that? Hey, everybody! It's awful waffle time! Yeah. I wanna make sure he's never smart again. I don't want to talk about it. That's because he got beat up by Big Lou. That makes us feel very upset. <laughs> and you know what happens when we get upset. Welcome to Splat Attack, a 90s podcast honoring the slime-filled past. I'm your IOU for my lunch money, Alex. And I'm your wedgie boy from the flagpole, Jordy. And Alex, what are we doing here today? Uh, well, we're hiding out uh, because uh, considering today's topic, it's nice to hide from the riffraff around the school. I mean, the freshmen from our last episode, that they were super nice. And it was nice to see Brett again. But, dude, I got chased in here. Oh, the riffraff. It could only mean one thing. Bullies. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about bullies makes me uneasy. You know, just last week, I bought these gloves, these fingerless gloves, because I thought, you know, maybe if I look a little tougher, maybe I'll stop getting bullied. I can tell you right here, that did not work for me. <laughs> no matter what you do, no matter what you do, they find a way to twist things around on you. And and it's bullies just triggers me just hearing that. But anyway, these bullies might be a bit easier to digest because these are the top five, our opinion, uh, top five Nickelodeon bullies. Oh, well, that's different. That's much, much different. <laughs> but I don't have a list ready. So uh, let me go try to get something down. Let me look at my notes. And uh, while I rustle something up, I think I hear some footsteps. Is someone going to be joining us today? Uh, here they come. Okay, I, I don't know. Uh, we better. This. I know there's bullies outside here, so let's jump in. Uh, this. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to this bathroom and hide in here real quick. So I'm with hide. you. Let's go. All right. So hide in here for a minute. Oh, oh, yeah. It's just Andy from uh, Notable Nostalgia. Uh, come, oh. come, come in. Join us in the restroom. We're <laughs> we're all just gonna hang out here for a while. Get away from the schoolyard bullies. How you doing, oh, Andy? Right. Well, you know, aside from the smell, uh, we are excited to let you guys know about our favorite uh, bullies. <laughs> oh, man, it, this is going to be fun. I'm I'm excited for this. This was actually uh, Jordy's idea uh, when we were planning these episodes out. Uh, he suggested this as a topic, and all of us were on board. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. And uh, and this is the first time that you've been with us. So thank you so much for taking the time and, and being here with us today. No, I'm super pumped. I, you know, I, I I like this podcast. I like just about everything uh, 90s related, nostalgia related, and um, you all do a great, great job. So I'm just uh, really excited to be here. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Jordy, how's your list coming along there, dude? You know what? I think I just wrapped it up. So let's jump into this episode and let's get started. <laughs> all right. Uh, when it comes to the criteria, I guess, for for the top bullies, I'm I'm a bit interested uh before we really get into the the picks themselves going through uh and and i think we can all answer this but i'll start with andy first what were you looking for when it comes to the top five bullies 
Yeah, well, you know, since it's kind of like more kid related, I didn't want to find truly evil, <laughs> you know, bullies. I wanted a little <laughs> more playful. Uh, and then I also I, I tried not to let too much of the backstory. Well, I, as an adult, when I see it now, I'm like, oh, they're probably bullies because of this. So I didn't want that to play too uh, too large of a part. I wanted to, when I was a kid watching these, like, who would I choose? And who was the most fun? And also, who chose, or who who made uh, the protagonist a little bit better of the episode, too? Mm -hmm. So a, a few different things. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's solid. Jordy, what were you looking for? Yeah, much of the same. Uh, you know, you you want to get a good bully. And there's so many types of bully out there that they've made over the years. You know, they have the justified bully. You have the bully that's just bad because they want to be bad. You know, uh, so I think when we're going into this, I'm looking at who's an all-time bully. Not just, you know, in the sense of they're really good at being a bully. But they've stuck with you and they're like the first people that come to your mind when you think of an animated bully. Uh, for me... It it was a bit difficult because I didn't know bullies are such a tough a tough topic anyway uh, because you don't want to glorify them but you do have to have antagonists for stories too and I didn't know if I wanted to go with the bullies that even though they're bullies you still kind of like them anyway or if you wanted to go with the bullies that are I just despise this character I, I love to hate this character. And um, I, I more went with the other route, uh, ones that I do really classify as really big bullies and ones that really do irk me. And every time they're on stay or on the screen, I'm just so irritated right off the cuff. <laughs> uh, and I agree with uh, what, what you had said, Andy, about uh, do they leave their protagonist in a better place than where they started at the beginning? That's that's a very important thing. That's the whole purpose of having bullies in these episodes, not just for telling this one story. And then by the end of it, they're pretty much, they've not grown at all. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you start the next episode and they're pretty much where they left off. So it's, it's going to be a bit different. I'm really excited to talk about these. It's going to be fun. Uh, so we're going to start with our number five pick. And Andy, since this is, uh, you're our guest, why don't you give us your pick first? Sure. I had to choose one that I think is just perfect, a perfect bully. It's, it's Roger from Doug. He has the slick back hair. He has kind of the, the weaselly type of voice. He has this posse behind him that uh, they're willing to do anything for him. Yeah. Uh, he has a leather jacket. And I think a lot of these writers, you know, at this time when uh, the original Doug came out, it's the early 90s. So they were probably late 20s, 30s. So they grew up in the 70s with like happy days and they had a lot mm -hmm. of that 1950s nostalgia. So I feel like mm -hmm. that's it, it kind of holds not just for the 90s, but you also get, you know, from like the 50s and 60s. And at the very beginning of Doug, you know, with the nematode episodes, he's just, he's just a perfect bully. And I, I can't not pick Roger. <laughs> Look at who! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <yep. laughs> oh man, I I will have more to add to that, but I'm I'm not gonna. Uh, I'll I'll save that for a minute. Uh, Jordy, do you have anything to add as far as Roger goes? Oh man, there's so much to get into for Roger, but much like you, I've got some more to say about Roger later on. So I'm gonna hold my tongue on him for now. But I agree, Roger is a pantheon bully. Well, who is uh, who is your number five, Jordy? Coming in for my number five. Now, I, this might be a little bit disagreeable for others at Splat Attack because this comes a little bit later for a Nicktoon. 
but I'm coming with Lars from Rocket Power. That's going to be oh. Twister's older brother. And uh, I think Lars is a good villain, not just because, you know, we're going to cover a lot of bullies tonight that come mm-hmm. from a lot of different backgrounds. And uh, what, like I said, coming into this, I wanted to make sure I pick ones that really hit the highest marks in their department. And when it comes to like a brotherly or sibling like bully, I think Lars is the best type of bully for that uh, in Rocket Power. He's always having to deal or Twister is always having to deal with Lars. The whole gang is having to, the whole Rocket Power gang has to deal with Lars. He's always just, you know, that like right when you're about to get into something fun, right when you're about to get into your episodic adventure of the day, he's just right around the corner writing, ready just to like bring down the mood, right? He's got like every one of the things you want in a, in a bad bully. He's got the annoying laugh. He's got the obnoxious voice, right? Uh, he's got his gang of other bully friends that are just as obnoxious and dumb, sometimes mostly dumber than the main <laughs> bully, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Lars here. Uh, perfect sibling bully rivalry. So Rocket Powers Lars is mine. That one's great, too, because with Lars, it's a bully that you can't get rid of. That's your brother. No matter what you do every day, you're stuck <laughs> with exactly, your brother. So that's exactly. That's another great reason that, yeah, that's a great bully. We all remember it's Boris. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I'm, uh, I, I'm, Jordy had said earlier, it might be a bit controversial among the spider attack crew and and that's fine because we've we bleed a little bit into 80s and 2000s i more bleed into the 80s but uh jordy is he bleeds a little bit into, into the 2000s mm-hmm. and i have never seen a single episode of rocket power and it's not because i don't want to it's it's like that and invader zim and avatar i've not seen any of these shows and I, they have a huge fan base. Even then, before I started this podcast, I haven't seen any episodes of Hey Arnold. Um, just because by the time Hey Arnold was really taken off, I stopped watching cartoons. Uh, and I've just missed these shows. And now that I've become an adult and I've started going back to watching older Nickelodeon shows, and I watched the ones that I loved as a kid. And then I'm hearing so many more things about these other shows. Rocket Power is one, especially over in the Facebook group that I'm an admin for. I It gets shared almost every day, or somebody tries to share it every day. I won't let them uh, <laughs> because it, it's a little too 2000s for the 90s group. But uh, there's a lot of love for it, and I want to see it. And knowing how much Jordy loves it, uh, just feeds my enthusiasm more to want to check it out sometime so i've i i have no idea who lars is but (laughs) hearing from the two of you uh that what you've shared like yep that that fits a criteria for a definite staple bully Mm -hmm. yeah and rocket power i think does a great thing that rugrats did too where they have four main characters and for the most part i feel like in your friend group you can always you can always be like, oh, I, I'm mostly like, I was always kind of like squid, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm the squid of the group. So just like Rugrats had it, you know, so, yeah, it's just, it's a really good show. I, I really like Rocket Power. Yeah, really well put together. Klasky Supo, you know, I think they always made something good and always had some heart in anything they made. And like growing up, I was really into action sports stuff. So Same, like yeah. skateboarding, BMX, and you know, it was the 90s. Who wasn't? So uh, yeah, that, that was kind of like uh, one of my 
go-tos and same it's like you know you you want to pick to be one of the characters you always envision yourself being like an auto but you're usually a squid yeah. right <laughs> yep, exactly. yep. so did you watch the movie airborne or rad i i know of them but i know airborne but i get that confused is that the one with jack black yes it is okay yeah it's okay that's the one yes i know that one yeah <laughs> that one's pretty good for sure I always lean towards Brink, the the Disney okay. original. Yeah. So okay. good, I, okay. it's so cheesy but so good. Yep, yeah. <laughs> and there's extremely goofy movie, so you got you got that angle as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for my number five, it, it's right in line with Andy. I picked Roger as well, uh, and I was actually going to comment on uh, which one. I need to look here. I was actually going to comment on his Happy Days, the Fonz look, um, but I I remember. I had a Doug, or not a Doug, I had a Roger in my life. Oh. Um, I, we've all had bullies, I'm sure, at, at some point. Uh, there's a very high probability that if you're listening to this, that you've had a bully as well. But there are different kinds, and people bully in different ways. And Roger was the type that I had. I had one kid who just loved to make me mad. Uh, he thought it was the funniest thing. And he would go about it the same way Roger would. Uh, he's not necessarily an evil character. Uh, he's just a, a nuisance uh, for Doug at all times. Uh, there are times when even Doug won't even attempt to really instigate an issue or push the issue. He just kind of lets Roger have his way for a minute, and then he walks away. And the thing I really like about the show especially when it concerns Roger is even though he's the bully, they still invite him to all these different events. Yeah. I mean, it's not, yes, a a school dance. He's there, but I mean, like BB had a swim party and he was there. Uh, There was (laughs) like three or four different birthday party episodes and he was always invited. And yeah. if he's the bully, why do they keep inviting him? <laughs> uh, but he he still manages to show up. And very rarely do you see him be nice. Uh, I think yeah. one of the few times we see him nice is when he had a crush on Judy, which I thought was fun. <laughs> but he just loves to irritate. And he will irritate anyone, but a particular focus on Doug. And there are some times when Doug has to confront his fear of Roger because he knows if Roger, even though everyone knows he's got a crush on Patty, if Roger finds out that he's got a crush on Patty, Oh, I don't want Roger telling everybody like, come on, dude, you are everyone already. Everyone knows already. (laughs) So you you have other things to worry about, but uh, I just love how just the, the thorn in your side, always nagging, always he he never would do anything to hurt outside of the one time he accidentally fell and hammered <laughs> uh, Doug's foot. He would never do anything malicious, just the constant irritating person who nags verbally and hopefully will just make you crack by just the constant nuisance. And that's mm-hmm. more the bully that I've I've had experience with. There are a few others, but that's the main one that I've seen. And yeah, that that's he's one of the first ones I think of. So same, hundred percent. And I think another great thing about Roger too, uh, or just how they portray Roger, 
is that the when it's a Roger heavy episode at the end of every episode, it kind of shows like like the movie one where, uh, you know, he's uh, when Doug's too afraid to watch the scary movie. Roger is, too, but he yeah. doesn't know how to deal with that. So he makes fun of Doug, you know. And so I think after every time it's Roger uh, focused, it kind of shows like, well, the reason maybe bullies are bullying is because of they're afraid or, you know, they have mm -hmm. they feel inferior. So I think that's really important for a kid to see like, hey, you know what? It's not me for the most part, you know, or I should say for the most part. It's not me. It's most likely something to do with them. So I think it's mm -hmm. a really good learning uh, learning lesson, too. And I don't think we ever see his dad. We see his mom. Right. I don't think his dad's yeah. around. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, bullies have reasons for what they do. Yeah, it could be one of those situations. And and typically it's because of something in the home life. Uh, mm -hmm. So, it, it's statistically speaking. So, I I like that little touch that, that dad was there. And they never really bring full attention to it. He's just never there. But I did like his mom. His mom was super cool, and I loved whenever uh, Stinky had the had the litter, and he didn't know it's a girl. <laughs> yeah, his mom was like, "I'll explain it to you when we get home." I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> gonna have that talk now. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, Andy, what is your number four? So I think another one that a lot of people think of. Uh, if it wasn't for this bully, the show wouldn't actually be named the show. It's Butnik because. <laughs> uh, he steals new kids, you know, underwear. <laughs> that sounds weird. Uh, shorts and puts them at the flagpole, and everybody salutes them. So if it wasn't for Buttonick doing that, we wouldn't even have that show. Uh, so I was watching a few episodes just to, you know, get back in touch with Buttonick. And the one I watched, uh, it's the one with the new kid, and he's hazing the new kid, and and I, it's crazy and how important a bully's henchman is. And Donkey mm -hmm. Lives is such a good henchman. It's the little guy with the bigger henchman, just like they did in Looney Tunes cartoons. It's like a time-tested, true uh, trope, I guess, for bullies, and they just they just nail it perfectly. You got the uh, the mullet, uh, yeah, the the tough kid. Uh, it's just, just Buttnick's great, and I, every time I think of old Nickelodeon, Buttnick's definitely there somewhere. Oh, and, oh, really? I forgot too. He has his own special bully move called the Awful Waffle. So you know you're a high class bully if you have your own finisher called the Awful Waffle. So yeah, that's another great thing. <laughs> Everyone yeah. wants to know what that is. Even the creators, <laughs> like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, and I've got more to add to that here in just a bit. But uh, Jordy, anything you have to add for Budnick? Uh, no, so Salute Your Shorts was just one of the Nickelodeon shows. I just never got around to watching as much. Um, I know it's it's very popular for Splat Attack with uh, Brett and Alex, and I mean, even Manny has some love for it as well. Um, but uh, yeah, when it comes to you know, Hello Freshman, Salute Your Shorts, I didn't catch them as much, but I, I definitely probably watched more Hey Dude than Alex ever did. Oh. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, I always feel like, hey, dude's the one that's not as known as Salute Your Shorts. That's crazy, huh? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> All right. yeah. love Hey Dude. Absolutely love <laughs> yeah. Hey Dude. But uh, what is uh, what is your number four, Jordy? So for number four, um, and I think there's going to be a lot of people out there who probably agree with this, uh, Harold Berman from Hey Arnold, right? So Harold's a great example. We kind of got brought up with like Roger, but and I'm going to kind of touch on each of these with each of my picks. Um, he's kind of like the pantheon of like a bully within your own friend group. So it's someone that you're going to see all the time in your friend group. And it's not that you're not necessarily friends with them and you're not going to not invite them, 
but they're that one friend that seems to just always want to take things too far, especially when it comes to like the taunting and, you know, well, generally kind of just like light bullying, I would say. So, you know, Harold never really beat anyone up. I mean, in the beginning, he definitely gets played up as more of a bully, especially in the early few episodes. As it goes, he gets his character more developed. You get to find out more about him. He actually gets a lot of complex character development especially with this bat mitzvah episode um and there's lots of reasoning to why he kind of acts the way he does and acts out um but i think harold in general is kind of one of those just like good friend group bullies and you know as well who doesn't remember harold from hey arnold right (laughs) in his classic line mommy (laughs) i've i've only seen a few episodes and, and they're the ones that we've covered on the show but the ones that I've seen, um, we, we did Ghost Bride. He didn't really play a prominent bully role there. He was just part of the group, like you had said. Yeah. But on the uh, Birdman episode, yes, uh, played a bit, pretty pivotal part with that by mm-hmm. going to his home and, and shattering everything and further proving uh, the supporting character's plight with just how he's done with humanity but then also whenever we get to the one where they go to the the aquarium Mm -hmm. and they see the the giant tortoise and he's just adding to that poor thing's frustration by throwing litter at it yep exactly and and you have like stoop kid episode right so harold actually goes out on vacation during the whole stoop kid arc and then once stoop kid gets over his fear of leaving the stoop Harold comes back thinking everything's the same, goes to do his typical Harold bullying on Stoop Kid, only to get chased down the street by Stoop Kid, right? So it's like Harold is very much one of those characters where episode to episode his his bullying intensifies and drops down. But I think that's, you know, a very real kind of and that's hey Arnold's known for that, like very real human interactions, uh, and relatable kind of relationships you'll find in real life. So Harold does a great job of doing that, especially when it comes to like justifying the character right like why they kind of act the way they do why they act out and then that character design too just like the the kid too big for his own britches <laughs> literally yeah hey oh no yeah yeah and, and exactly you know and that's why i was trying not to focus too much on like oh you know i'm an adult so he's probably acting out because he's overweight you know but i was like okay i'm looking at this like a little kid watching this and just realizing like oh he's just kind of a funny bully you know so uh, that's one reason I didn't, I didn't actually put him on my list, just because I was like, oh, I, I couldn't get over the fact of all the reasons why he's bullying. So <laughs> was, it's tough, though. It, it's hard from watching the shows when you loved as a kid to an adult because it has a whole different meaning. So very yeah, much, nice very character. much. <laughs> yeah. And the, the Birdman episode, I think, is really what solidifies putting him on the, the bully list. That and the Aquarium episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Because those are the ones where he really leans into being more of a bully. And there's. I can't remember the exact episode. Is it the episode where Arnold is getting bullied? That infamous episode that everyone hates where Arnold gets bullied. Uh, I believe Harold is like one of the bigger antagonists in that one as well. Um, But yeah, that's uh, Harold is my number four. So. Mm -hmm. Well, it looks like Andy and I are two for two because my number four also is Budnick. Uh, He... (laughs) They, they are the two that I think of immediately, which you'd think if they're the two that I think of immediately, then I should put them at one and two, but I put them at five and four. But uh, Budnick, there's 
Roger, he's just a nagging little personality. Budnick is a bit more, but he still has a very troubled past, and and we hear more about that. Uh, the my my top three, mm, I could just smack all three of them, but uh, the Budnick, for the most part, he bullies everyone. He uh, whereas Roger mostly focused on on Doug. Budnick will just pick on anyone at camp, including Ugg, especially Ugg, which yeah. I I think has uh, a whole set of uh, aggression that you don't really see because most most cam- uh, campers aren't going to mess with their counselor to the degree that Budnick does. Uh, he still does the things that most kids do that will mess with other people when the authority isn't looking um he's he's a teenage boy a preteen boy so he's super juvenile so farts are funny well uh at one point we'll just literally say dude i just cut one and we'll wave it around just to be annoying uh sets up pranks uh when michael first came to camp uh sets up the the bed to collapse and uh even will try to compromise people's integrity uh, by having them go to each other's bunks and steal things right. uh, and stole or not stole, but would constantly bet, take bets on various things. Usually the more miserable they are, the better uh, was trying to get Telly to take a dive in a game because she owed him because she, he, she got a, racket from him a tennis racket and she started winning thinking it was a lucky racket and then he was getting all this money from kids taking bets and then he was okay you gotta take a dive for me or else i'll take that racket back and uh but not only that we also get a bit of his backstory on the uh michael and budnick fake being sick episode uh whenever they're in the nurse's office and you just see how frustrated Budnick is uh, not necessarily at Michael, but just at life, period. And he's been in this room so many times. He knows where everything is. He knows all the tricks and actually has a bit of a bonding moment with Michael. And it actually very much reminded me of a moment that I had because I had a a bully uh, at my church and he would constantly mess with me just to make me mad. And then one, one day I confronted him very politely and apologized to him even though I didn't do anything and and was, have I ever done anything to offend you? If I have, I'm sorry. And he actually apologized to me. And oh, wow. and when from that point on, we were okay. And others would try to get him because he had his own posse too, and would try to get them to mess back. And he was like, no, nah, just leave him alone. And it's, I, I couldn't believe it worked, but that moment of salute your shorts, uh, whenever Michael and Budnick were in the, in the nurse's office reminded me to, try to connect with uh this this bully i had in in church and completely alleviated everything there but also we see how much that connection meant to him because in season two when pinsky leaves or not when michael leaves and pinsky comes in everyone's sad but they're all excited about pinsky and budnick's not having it i mean he's genuinely upset that michael is gone but he won't admit that and then he is no longer top dog. His his authority is challenged because Pinsky can just bribe his way into anything. And now you've got 
a rivalry of okay who's the real bully in this camp and um he thrives on people's misery i mean the whole uh episode where uh there is um zeke the plumber he's just <laughs> the whole thing started because he was wanting to scare the crap out of everybody mm-hmm. and uh and then also in the cursed skull episode he's he's spreading rumors about that too and everyone's wanting him to get rid of it and he's not getting rid of it this is cool and yeah. and people are like no this will kill us uh, he just thrives on people's misery it, it's more than just nagging it's it, it's I will make you miserable and I relish in your misery and I will go out of my way to make you miserable. Yeah. And then the episode where Michael first shows up too, uh, they, um, donkey lips says something like, uh, uh, Michael, he's, he's uh, athletic and popular or something like that. And I think Budnaker, but one of them says that one, the other one goes, yeah, everything we're not. So you can see the jealousy and that episode too. Uh, it has a line that I love when Michael's about to lay down on the bed for the first time. And, uh, the guy, what's that stain? He goes, oh, it was a raccoon. We just uh, dragged it out this morning. Did he die here? No, that's where he suffered. <laughs> it's such a good, funny line. Even, you're not saying uh, raccoon suffering is funny, but just how the delivery and everything was great. <laughs> yeah, and at the end of the episode, though, it shows Butnik is willing to do an awful waffle to that kid that had nothing to do with anything. So that, that takes some kind of, uh, maybe like a, I don't know, I don't, I'm not a doctor, some, something wrong to be able to just cause pain on someone when they didn't do anything wrong, you know, so I don't know that. Yeah, that, so he, he's a great, he's a great, great bully. I'm 100% with you. But uh, what is your number three, Andy? Well, I figure, you know, we've been talking so much about uh, Danny Cooksey, so I'm going to go right when uh, I, th- I thought of the top five bullies, I instantly thought of Stoop Kid. I think Stoop Kid is a crazy good bully. One reason why is because I think every good bully should have a good legendary background story. And when Gerald's telling the Stoop Kid story about maybe there's aliens, maybe he was grown there, you know, from a plant. But then it's just, and then he goes, but he was just there alone all the time. So he wouldn't let anybody touch his stoop, you know? And it, it's so funny. And the rules he has, never leave the stoop. No one touched my stoop. And this is the, the one bully on my list. Well, actually, no, there's another one. But this bully, they they don't really have any growth <laughs> other than being able to bully further away then. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do think this shows uh, Arnold in a really good light because, you know, he was afraid because of stoop kid then he uh he he realized like he outsmarted stoop kid by grabbing his ball running away and then even though stoop kid was being mean to him he still was willing to help him so i think that also shows what a good person arnold is and that's why i think it's such a good episode and i think for me personally it's uh, i remember stoop kid more than any other hey arnold episode stoop kid's a classic that haircut especially (laughs) yeah and you know it's funny in my head i was like for some reason i always think of buttnik with this so when i was doing research i was like oh he did the voice i don't know if i knew that as a kid or if i just made that connection because they look similar i didn't yeah yeah, and i was like oh weird so yeah so it's the same person yeah crazy i do wonder yeah now that you say that the design is like kind of reminiscent so maybe there was something there with that maybe there was something there with that (laughs) yeah and then I do feel bad when all the kids start bullying Stoop Kid because he's too afraid. So then you instantly start feeling for him. But then at the end, you're like, 
oh, he's going to learn and he's going to be better. And then he's yeah. like, I can bully them further away now. You're like, oh, well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's such a funny episode. You know, you go through the whole time, you become on the side of Stoop Kid only to get to the end and realize you're like, wait, wait, we're just supporting the bully being able to expand his range, you know, but yeah. <laughs> it's a classic Arnold episode. Arnold really does have like some of those really good moments with like his bully and his antagonist where like his demeanor and his approach to life in his own like mm -hmm. kind of charlie brown-esque way kind of like helps make everyone else's life around him a little bit better even if his life gets a little bit worse while trying to help them and i i saw harriet the spy in theaters and yes. when you came out you saw Arnold the pilot so yeah. it always holds yeah. like a special place and of course arnold room's the coolest ever <laughs> you know oh and my god it's supposed to be like i think chicago new york and seattle the town so yeah, everybody can so. kind of relate to, and connect with uh, Hey Arnold. And it's so cool. So yeah, I, yeah, I love that show. I love Stoop Kid. I love every uh, every character. Yeah, and Stoop Kid, I I haven't seen that one yet, but oh, it's so good. Uh, but uh, that's one. Th there are two episodes that I see shared all the time in Nick in Nickelodeon groups. Uh, one is is the Pigeon Man episode, and then Stoop Kid. Uh, I, I probably see Stoop Kid more than any other screen cap or random quote or anything, and and everyone the quote is always the same. Stoop Kid le uh, won't leave a stoop, or it's it's always that. And I, I, even though even though I know what happens because I've seen this thing so many times, I'm uh, judging by what I've seen from the uh, Hey Arnold things I've seen, it's still going to have that uh, impact that it it was designed to do so uh I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that one all right so number three um we've we've covered a few animated bullies and we've touched on like a single live action bully uh but i think now would be the time to kind of dive into pete and pete Oh, so nice. uh, I think, you know, there's a few bullies in Pete and Pete, but none of them, I think, stand above the rest as much for me as Endless Mike Hellstrom. Uh, he is just such a good bully and like not like a redeemable bully, not like uh, a good reason for why he does what he does. But he's just one of those bullies that you love to hate. And the, the actor that they got to play him just does such a good job of delivering <laughs> that character. Yeah, Rick Gomez. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, a, you know what they say is like in an antagonist, if you really hate them, then they, the actor's done a good job. And yes. He just creates so many different types of like evil character in different episodes. You know, he's like the head of the pumpkin smat or the pumpkin eaters. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... Pete, Big Pete's just constant antagonist for everything, right? Um, he's just such a good character. And his voice, the way he delivers his character, even the haircut. Like, he's got the perfect bully haircut from the 90s and the early 2000s for me, where it's, yeah. So, yeah, Endless Mike is just, and like they say, he's, he's Endless Mike. So, he's the Endless Bully. <laughs> well he's never gonna he's never gonna get out of school he's constantly repeating grades and it's like that's a trope i guess you'll see amongst bullies um especially in stuff from like the 90s and stuff uh but yeah i think i think a lot of people would agree that endless mike is just one of those bullies you love to hate 
Oh, uh, yeah. And they picked such a perfect person to play Endless Mike because yes. he was around 20 years old when they were <laughs> yes. making episodes. So he looked older because he definitely was older, you know? So, and it's just funny because I remember when I was a kid, there's this uh, kid that kind of picked on me and he was only like two, maybe three years older than me. But when you're in sixth grade, Mm-hmm. might as well be 40 i was right. <laughs> you know so so even if you're a teenager it's only a few years older it definitely feels like they're a full-grown adult so yeah they <laughs> perfect casting for that bully yeah and and uh the the wrestling episode where uh endless mike was having to wrestle big pete uh and, and you get to see the frustration and then there was one where um the parents were gone and they had to watch over the house and they lost the house. And then they were, how can we get these people to leave? Let's get the most annoying person possible to run these people out. And they went and got Endless Mike. Welcome my nightmare. And uh, it's like one of the few times you get excited to see it. <laughs> it's like, yes, go get him. You just want to see the misery. Yes, yes. Oh, man. And I think it also, it really helps deliver episodes. Like uh, when Big Pete is uh, trying to go on the date and he he needs to get all the the different accoutrements to make it work. And he's got to get the car, right? And it's just that that the tension is palpable in that scene, right? The entire time. It's crazy. Well, well, well. It's about time you guys dropped the puck and played a little tonsil hockey, huh? Uh, really you think so uh but yeah man it's it's all that setup that it takes that of him being that bully for like a scene like that to really work and like actually you know seed tension <laughs> the second he rolled up in that car and had the top down it was just all smiling i was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah endless mike is great he, yeah. he is a great bully uh but he is not my number three, and he is not one of my picks from Pete and Pete. I actually have a different pick for Pete and Pete, which also is my number three. And I've actually gone with Paper Cut for ah. this one. Um, I think he is probably the best bully of all of them. Uh, as much as I love Endless Mike, he's probably my number two. But the reason I like uh, Paper Cut so much is for the very reason that Andy had actually talked about earlier in the episode where it completely changed little Pete's dynamic. Uh, especially of course with, uh, Artie, uh, because paper cut, I mean, the Pete and Pete, I, they, they paint these characters so rich, uh, every supporting character and, and the backstory they give every little character, even if it's just a one-off scene, or just for one episode, they and they they give it so much flavor, uh, like the the blind neighbor uh, whose husband was gone, and uh, they they it, it's it's so it's great. I love what they I love how they write these characters. That there is no weak character in the series, <laughs> but paper cut is a cut above the rest. A paper cut above the rest. Uh, because of the long-lasting impact that he has had on the series, uh, yes, it, it was a two-part, uh, a tandem attack, uh, but it was mostly the adults were trying to get Artie away, while Papercoat was facing down Little Pete, and uh, Little Pete, being who he is, he's 
very rarely has he ever been afraid ever in the series. Uh, there's been times when he's like, he would be afraid of being in love. Like he, he was scared of ideas, but he was never scared of a person. And, uh, and usually the, the lighter or the more sweeter and a thing is the, the less he likes it. Um, but when it comes to people, the dude doesn't shake. I mean, he, I almost put down the garbage man, uh, <laughs> as, as my, as my number three, uh, and he's not scared of anyone. He never has been, uh, even whenever he's getting in trouble and getting grounded from his father, he's still not afraid of that. He finds a way out of it. He's never really had an antagonist that changes him. And the big thing with paper cut was he really made little Pete think because Artie once again came to, to save him uh, because uh, <laughs> little Pete would challenge. I mean, straight up challenge. Cause they would do, everybody would do paper, rock, scissors, and he always would do paper and everyone would let him win because they were so afraid of what he would do to them. If, if he lost, so everyone took a dive and little Pete was like, no, I'm not having that. And made forced him to lose. And for the first time ever, little Pete was nervous. And then he threw a paper cut ninja star uh, at little Pete and already saved him from it. And that's when paper cut was saying, how are you going to stand up for yourself? If your superhero is always here. And that really stuck with little Pete and he for two episodes was really contemplating it's very much an analogy for growing up mm -hmm. setting aside imaginary heroes and things like that um while Artie was not an imaginary hero but uh it really changed how he felt and then he the whole two episodes uh paper cut is wanting a rematch i am going to win you will take a dive for me and he was genuinely afraid to do that uh he he didn't want to do that and he was afraid of what paper cut would do if he did because now he is alone and then by the end of it uh he he stood up for himself and because he stood up for himself, other people were doing that as well. You know, one of those, uh, as a group, we we rise up against the bully type thing. And mm -hmm. and Artie was off to the side and got to see the whole thing. And then Artie realized that now Little Pete has become his own superhero, which then makes Artie leave because somebody else needs him. So the impact that Paper Cut has had on these two episodes has completely changed the entire series from this point on. Uh, in in two episodes, something that no other bully in all of Pete and Pete has ever been able to do. So for that reason, I've picked Paper Cut. That's oh, fair. Shit. That's a fair point. Wait, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for your one and two because that I am sold. I might have to switch my number one now. <laughs> that's you killed me. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, wonderful. I love that pick. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's like you said, like uh, a a good bully helps change the character, and like yeah, I mean, what what better change to go through than one of the most pivotal changes for one of the main characters in the show, uh, which is you know. The exiting of Artie, Little Pete growing up and learning to take on 
even more on his own and standing up for himself even more, which like you said, he didn't really have a big problem with that most of the time, but he finally overcame that, like those last few humps in his life to like take full responsibility into his own life. Um, so yeah, no, it's really, it's a really good point. Uh, oh, uh, I, I think I'm hearing footsteps again. Uh, I think those bullies that we were referring to at the beginning, I think they're on to us. Uh, they know we're in here. So uh, we're good. We're going to, gonna hide out for a few minutes here while we wait for them to pass so while we're waiting for the coast to clear uh let's see what's going on uh, in splat attack and also see what's going on with the n notable nostalgia so we'll be right back everyone don't go anywhere uh, call the principal see see if you can help us out please we'll be right back after these messages Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Splat Attack. If you are enjoying this episode, please hit the like button, subscribe, make sure to hit that notification bell. If you are listening on a podcast app, please leave us a review. These very simple actions on your part help others find the nostalgic slime-filled past. So, if you want to continue having some fun, uh, go check out Notable Nostalgia. It's a 90s retrospective podcast that I do with some of my friends. It's LGTPQ+. BIPOC. Uh, we talk uh, all things 90s, millennials, and we have a blast. And actually, uh, Allie's been on this podcast before. So uh, yeah, check it out. Yeah. And if you want to listen, to, uh, make sure you check out Spotify, Apple, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find Notable Nostalgia. New season, new studio, and new mini-sode series. Over on our Patreon, we have two new mini-sode series, along with continuing We'll Be Right Back and Game On. Uh, these are all a lot of fun to check out. Uh, they are exclusively on our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash splatattack. We also have two live streams a month, uh, one Nickelodeon-based, one not Nickelodeon-based, but all centered on the 90s. And the community there is a lot of fun. They're very supportive, loving people. So join us over on Patreon and become a gagoid and be part of a nostalgic community. In every episode, whenever we see our protagonist having to go face to face with a bully, they always end up tattering their shirts and getting them torn and dirty in some way, which just means that we need to get some new shirts. Head over to our bonfire page to get some new Splat Attack sweet, sweet merch. Go to bonfire.com slash store slash Splat Attack store with hyphens in between. We have the new season six logo on t-shirts and coffee mugs. And we also have things like Double Dare, Clarissa Explains It All, Roundhouse, like I am wearing throughout this episode. All kinds of great stuff there. So head over there, bonfire.com slash store slash splat attack store. So that way you won't look like you've been beat up by a bully. Tune in next time, Slimesters, as we take a break from our usual hostile and violent episode battle formats and into a more in-depth analysis. We are having our very first character study, but looking at both... Clarissa Darling and Alex Mack. How are these two characters alike and how are they different? We'll find out only here on Spot Attack. And now back to the show. Whew. I think we dodged a bullet there, guys. Uh, now, now that the threat has officially left, they've, they've passed right by us. Let's pick up where we left off on our countdown. So we are up to our number two spot. Uh, Andy, what is your number two? I think this person who does the voice for this character is in Bully, uh, like, Hall of Fame. 
Um, this character is, and it's really a kind of a dark, scary character because they never explain why they are bullying this main character. It's from SpongeBob. It's Flats the Flounder. <laughs> uh, uh, he is voiced by Tom uh, Wilkerson, who does the voice for uh, Biff from Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think he's one. Yeah, I think he's one of the best bullies ever. And maybe they got him just because he he keeps saying, "I'm gonna kick your butt." And does anybody say butt better than Tom? Probably not, right? <laughs> but there's uh, this episode also has a lot of fun lines. Like uh, it has one of my favorite SpongeBob lines where uh, the the community is getting confused and they think the old man is uh, gonna kick SpongeBob's butt. So they go like, "You just won't learn, will you, old man?" And, uh, <laughs> and then when uh, he's gonna uh, kick his dad's butt, you know, it's like he's gonna attack his parents. Like how evil is this? <laughs> Even his parents are why. afraid. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's just evil. So I, I, it's one of the ones where there's no growth. It's just super scary. SpongeBob really doesn't overcome anything on this other than realizing he can take a beating, I guess. Yeah. It's just, he's a lot of fun. It's just a really fun episode. And yeah, you never know why. So you can kind of create your own episode by thinking of whatever backstory you come up with for this character. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a classic episode, um, and it's fun how they kind of turn it on its head. Where the whole time it's like the stand up to your bully narrative, right? If you stand up to your bully, they'll go away, they'll back down. Um, but he does it, right? But it just turns out to work out in SpongeBob's favor, right? Like so many times, where just being a sponge ends up being his MacGuffin and his way out of there, or his ex machina. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it's a classic episode. I'd say uh, him, and then. Uh, bubble bubble mouth bass what is i believe this is his name for the pickles episode um where spongebob forgot the pickles uh i would say it's another classic uh yeah, and then SpongeBob bully. yep they were under his tongue the whole yep. time yep yep he's a uh, another classic spongebob mm-hmm. bully yeah. and that's one of those things that too when we were making when i was making this list at least i don't know if you guys ran into this but um it was hard to really decide when you wanted someone to be a bully or a nemesis or yeah, where you draw okay. that line between a nemesis and a bully. And maybe we've crossed over it a few times already. Um, but yeah, that could honestly be a whole nother fun listen to itself as top nemesis or nemesi. Uh, <laughs> it's like plural Sasquatch. I always say Sasquai. I don't know if that's correct or not. Sasquai. I love it. I don't know why I, I use that a lot for some reason. And I, there's really no reason other than me just telling people Sasquai. I don't know. <laughs> that's great. I love that. <laughs> well, what is your number two, Jordy? So number two for me, Ed. We've already touched on him, but um, he was a number two for me. It was Roger Klotz from Doug. Um. And we, we've already said so much on him, so I won't go into too much extra detail. Yeah, there he is, right? Um, but I will say one of my favorite things that they did with Roger is that they took that, like, 50s West Sider Fonzie-esque, like, design and mix it with, like, the mousy, whiny voice that is Roger's voice. Great party! What's next? Patty cake? I don't know why that was always just so funny to me that he's supposed to look like cool as a cat, but his voice is like just like nails on a chalkboard. Funny's always been trouble. <laughs> it's almost like he tries to like, you know, put on this extra stuff because like if you take away the leather jacket and you give him glasses, he would really just be like one of the revenge from the nerds type yeah. geeks, right? So it's uh Yeah, Roger's just a classic and from character design, he's like a sickly green. Um 
his hair looks like stink lines uh you know <laughs> i just they really did such a good job with him and uh you know when it comes to animation character design plays so much into how you perceive those characters so roger from both standpoints writing voice acting and character design is like a top level pantheon bully in my book yeah yeah and i debated for quite a while if i wanted him in my top two since he was one of the first ones that i i picked but as as i was thinking other bullies i was thinking these other ones oh i can't stand these other ones Roger probably would have been a little bit higher in mine too, but for some reason I had a feeling everybody was going to pick Roger at some point. <laughs> yes. So I was like, well, right. I don't want to do too, you know, because everybody should get some time to talk. So, and I knew we were going to cover him a lot. So I was like, oh, I'll just put him at number five. <laughs> but yeah, no, he probably would have been higher. If it was, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and one, and we said this before we started recording the episode, there's one that I, I thought one of us is going to pick. And here we are in the top two spoilers. Angelica is nowhere on this list nobody picked angelica and i'm super surprised by that because she is one of the <laughs> big staples too yeah. but uh of of all the bullies uh, i think these other ones uh are definitely a higher tier uh than what she is especially since she's she's a toddler uh, so yeah yeah and <laughs> yeah. it's it's i don't know about how you guys feel but with angelica i, don't, I never really cared for angelica like i saw I the either. point that she served to the story but any I just didn't care for her. Her she was maybe she did her job too well as a bully. Uh, but I yeah, especially with the babies and the <laughs> I always got like secondhand embarrassment for her with her like the way she acted smarter and above the babies, but was on didn't know anything more than them and would go put herself into situations because she thought she could look tough or smarter than the babies or older than the babies only to get herself into a situation that she has to run out of like candy bar creep show right the whole time mm -hmm. she spends i get to go in the haunted house i get to go in the haunted house the second she gets in there she immediately gets terrified and can't go any farther and the babies are just fine with it right they get yeah. through they don't think about anything so i for angelica I just did. I I didn't like her so much. I couldn't even put her on the list. So maybe that's really what being at the top of this list looks like is not getting on it at all. <laughs> so so for for me, my number two. If you took all of the really annoying qualities about Angelica, and amplify it to a teenage girl. You've got my number two, because I cannot stand Brooke from 15. Oh, uh, I was not. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. I cannot stand this woman. Uh, now, Robin Ross, who plays her, sweetest woman I've ever met. Super, super sweet. Uh, but everything about Brooke just is pure conniving and i mean it's it's a it's a soap opera for kids uh preteens and, and stuff like that so of course they're gonna play it up but and it's it's got that cheesy acting and cheesy music and it's it's a sight to behold it really is it is a lot of fun uh wh whether you believe it or not sometimes i think someone should take her down off her pedestal sounds good to me i think so so what have you got in mind 
we I'd love to cover it more on the show. We've only covered it once on the show, and it was in season one. I think it was our third episode. But Brooke, as a character, she is the one. She is the quintessential bully, uh, girl bully that really still exists today. Uh, I mean, Mean Girls, the the movie. She is that, uh, and she had. She she was the popular one. All the boys wanted to date her, and then she didn't really. She wanted to date one, and it was more of a for a popular uh, popularity thing. Uh, she loved gossip, and if somebody was happy, uh, especially the character Ashley, she would start rumors just to tear her down and take her off of her pedestal, and um, much like Budnick relished just pure evil relished in people's misery. But whereas Budnick would just outright mess with you, she would play the backstabbing game where she'd be all nice and sweet to you up front. And the second you're away, she would stab you in the back with rumors or uh, with insult. It's really nice talking to you on the phone last night. Brooke called me up. I'd forgotten what chapters we were supposed to read for science. It's totally innocent. But it was really nice talking to you. If I want Matt to take an interest, he'll take an interest. Guess what else? Is that a new ring or something? No, an old one, almost an antique. I don't know, it's just that you're... It's not really valuable, of course. Just a little topaz. Oh, no. And then sometimes she would insult you straight to your face, and and the others wouldn't know how to handle it. Oh, I'm sure you're right about all this. But you've got to remember, people do have better things to worry about. And they would try to retort back, and then she'd do that feign, oh, how dare you type thing. But since Kelly's my friend, I almost feel kind of responsible. So I really hope we can all get over this and still be friends. Um, there was no no one up. You could not arise victorious out of any conversation with her ever. Uh, I think at one point as a season finale, everyone was able to put her in her place. Um uh, and and that was like the big moment of of the entire series. That was the highlight when everyone got Brooke put down. You did this to me. It is your paper, Brooke, which means you wrote it, right? I tried to like you, Brooke. I really did. You helped her plan the whole thing. No, I didn't. And then the very next uh, episode uh, for the, the the next season premiere, she was like, no, I'm coming right back. And we're like, oh, no. Oh, gosh, you guys have done Unleashed something really bad here. And you you know how good the character is whenever she leaves. Because I think season five, either season four or season five, she left. Uh, the actress left. And then they didn't really have that strong antagonist anymore. And those two seasons were super, super weak uh, because she was not there to really push people's buttons. And she, she inadvertently, she did end up changing people uh, where either for positive or for negative. I mean, the show was probably most well known for having Ryan Reynolds in it. Because uh, every time you bring up 15, everyone goes, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. He was a really forgettable character. 
yeah. uh, for the most part. But he starts off being a, 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 a fairly likable, decent guy. But because of Brooks' influence and messing with him in different ways, he ends up becoming something of a bully. Uh, not alongside of her, just of, of himself. And um, they they tackled really serious issues. I mean, they talk, the first season alone really deals with alcoholism. And she would just love to spread real things about people and and oh he's he's drinking again and then then they'll mess with him and that's way bullies are uh especially high school where they especially girls they love to spread those things that could be true might be true are true that nobody that they don't want to have not like ever. It's not like oh, I like patty mayonnaise. No, this is some serious, deep, heavy stuff that kids have messed up on, and nobody don't want anybody to find out. And she'll find it, and she'll spread it, and completely ruin your reputation. She is just a vile character, and I despise her. Uh, that to me is is what a real bully is. Yeah. So let me ask. So uh, I also I, I've notable nostalgia's only done one episode on this and i've only seen one episode but while i was watching this it's the very first episode i was like why is she so evil so uh, you you've seen every episode do they ever go into why she's so evil because no she's just like a malicious a-hole <laughs> there's there's no real backstory uh, most characters don't really get a big backstory i mean they have th bad things happen to them everybody has something bad happen to them and you see how they work through it so there's like it's not an episodic thing where uh they deal with this thing for this episode. It's a soap opera. They, they all have different things that are affecting each of them, and you see how they interweave within each other throughout mm -hmm. the whole season. And sometimes they have little backstories, things that are taking place at home that affect what's going on in their psyche throughout most of the season. She doesn't. She's just she's a rich, stuck up <laughs> witch. And that's that's her whole thing. She just loves to mess with people. And she, I, mm, no, get no, go it. <laughs> by by season four and season five, I was like, yes. But then it was super boring. I was like, okay, bring book back. We, we, <laughs> this is this is too easy. Everyone's recovering so fast. Well, I'm glad you have her on the list because that is like another one of these like pantheon level bully types where it's like the the mean girl, the plastics type, you know more feminine leading bully kind of archetype um so yeah i think it, it makes sense to have at least one representation of that role on this list so i, I think that's a great choice uh going to our number one picks uh andy who is your number one all right so there's a few reasons why i chose this person as my number one they're, they're only i think they're only in this whole series of shows for about maybe three minutes tops, but I think they make such an impact on the show. And then uh, one of the main characters that you have to include them and they're voiced by none other than Nancy Cartwright, who does Bart Simpson, of course, but it's the junk food kid from Rugrats. So oh, season two, episode nice. one, that's the very first time that, because the season one of Rugrats was more them kind of overcoming like scary obstacles. But this is the first one where Tommy's like, no, what she, what the, what she's doing is wrong, and I'm going to stand up for this, even though they beat yeah. me one time. So he goes to bed that night after uh, after a really <laughs> really horrible uh, 
uh, a bunch of horrible actions that the junk food kid does. She uh, she just straight up backhands Chucky. <laughs> she throws a popsicle in Tommy's diaper. And then the saddest thing, Belinda, the little girl at the park, she gets gum in all her hair. And then Belinda has to cut her hair. And that's so sad the next day. But Tommy didn't put up with it. He's like, you know what? <laughs> I got to stand up. And he did. And uh, I think if you're that evil at two, <laughs> good thing Tommy yeah. was because who knows what the junk food kid would have came, you know, would have turned into if you're that evil at two years old. So, and I, I think it really is. And as a kid, because I think the episode came out in 91 or 92, I was like three or four at the time. So I watched it, you know, pretty young. And I, you know, I watched it probably until I was like nine, but Tommy was so freaking cool. And that was just oh, yeah. his coolness and, just that that park was so much fun but yeah i think it's the first time you really see tommy stand up to like a really bad antagonist so yeah i almost picked the junk food kid i oh, almost no did uh <laughs> I, I i debated on if i wanted to put put them on the list or if i want to put my number 1 on the list but number 1 i was like no i got to have this one i've got to i've got to have this one but uh i almost put put them as my um as a as a dishonorable mention or but i was i and it's it's so weird i thought about that one and not angelica <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 100 yeah, uh, and what a great episode too i mean i don't know about you guys but for some reason even in my memory when i go back and think about that episode it seems like it goes on for so much longer than just the mm -hmm. average episode with how much story they cover they set up this whole new landscape a whole new set of characters, um, this running thing of Tommy coming back each day to this thing, only to like never go back to this place ever again after that. Um, but it's uh it was really it was a really good episode. And I can't remember the exact line at the end, but it was something like get myself a nappy, grab myself a juice box. <laughs> and go to bed yeah <laughs> yeah and then i love too it's a little mystery tommy background too because uh when belinda the little girl's like uh she's like oh he's really brave and then chucky's like you know i met tommy when he was eight days old i don't know what happened in those first eight days but he sure doesn't like to see people get picked on like how cool like what a cool backstory too you know yes so, you're right it's yeah episode. it's just so wonderful and then chucky is super scared but he's willing to help his friend when tommy's about to get all the gum on him he throws the candy cane so it shows that even though chucky's scared he sells his homies back so it's just a wonderful episode overall and for them to be able to write that much in six minutes like a full story mm -hmm. arc yeah great writing just wonderful exactly just awesome. yeah. yeah that that rugrats had a few episodes like that where like the story was so much bigger than the time it covered but yeah, yeah even when you return to it your memories you're like there's did this really all happened in the short amount of time that an episode takes place, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> What's your number one? Uh, my my number one is none other than Helga G. Pataki from Hey Arnold, okay, and all right, uh, this was like one of those ones where I was saying it, it got kind of difficult because I was thinking, you know, is she a nemesis more than she's a bully? Um, but I think she kind of fulfills the best of both worlds. Um, her reasoning for bullying is obviously that she's in love with Arnold and she uses it as her cover. Um, but they, they go into more depth with it in uh, an episode where they show that she actually developed the whole bullying persona and this whole relationship with Arnold where she bullies him because of the one time that she reacted uh kindly to when arnold was kind to her when they were a lot younger 
And so everybody bullied her that one time, that one instance. And then from there was born the bully that they would all have to deal with for years and years later. Um, so it's one of those things where, you know, it's good storytelling in the sense that, you know, it's be careful what you do because your actions have effects and those effects can last for a long time on people. Um, but it's also, you know, don't have misplaced uh, anger and frustration. Don't take your frustration of not being able to be with the person you want to be with or be able to express yourself to that person as something that you have to take out on everybody else or even turn it around to that classic schoolyard thing where, you know, you're hitting the person that you like. Right. Um, but yeah, that's uh, she's just a classic in that sense. And she does get her full story arc from beginning to end of like being bullied for liking Arnold trying to overcome this feeling that she has and trying to overcome how she thinks she'll be perceived for it and you see uh with her relationships with other characters as it goes on that she gets better um what 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 is his name I cannot remember his name right now for the life of me but uh he always breathes the breathing guy yeah, yeah. Uh, that always Bring is the Yes, they, thank you. Um, brain. I haven't a, even seen the show. Hey, you have any, wait, why yeah, do you good, know that good, off the top of your head? Yeah, I can't <laughs> think of it either. That's funny. It's one of my favorite like cartoons. That's funny. Um, but yeah, she has like this ongoing thing with him, right? Where he's always creeping over her and everything. And then as she comes to terms with uh, her feelings with a therapist in a later episode, um, she starts to, you know, her resolutions start to carry over to how she treats other people. Uh, and she she goes easier on him at the end of that episode and kind of explains that why shortly why she kind of acts the way she does. Um, but yeah, I think Hella Good G Pataki is just a great character as far as a bully goes. She has her justifications for it from her home life, her life with her friends. Um, and it's bullying that is as a cover, right? Which a lot of the times it for these characters it is, but. I think Helga, as far as Nickelodeon bullies goes, has to be my number one. Yeah, and I think, you know, for me at least, I think move a football head might be the most memorable phrase for that era of Nickelodeon from like 95 to about 2000. I, I can't me I can't think of another one. And that long going uh, gag of her hitting that uh, was brain in the face. So good. And it's so funny. And you know, it's coming, but they deliver every time. Yeah, Helga's a great character. And yeah, I might talk a little bit more about her later, but yeah, wonderful character. Yep, yep. My number one. <laughs> I feel I feel bad for my son. Uh, is from Are You Afraid of the Dark? And it is uh, as soon as I say the episode, uh, I know some of our Are You Afraid of the Dark fans are gonna know from the Tale of the Crimson Clown. Sam is the most despicable character I have ever seen in a kid's show. Cannot. My son's name is Sam. Uh, so I feel bad for saying that, but I, I, Michael Berry, uh, which I think is the, the actor's name who plays him. God bless him. Uh, I'm sure he's an absolutely wonderful person, but <laughs> I have never seen a more punchable, punchable face. Oh my God. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. In uh, <laughs> 
Oh my god! As I as I did see part of this episode as a kid, I've said many times that the Are You Afraid of the Dark terrified me. I did see part of it. I did see the beginning half before the Crimson Clown started coming in, and then once the clown started coming in, I was like, "Okay, bye, click," and I changed the channel to something else. <laughs> but I couldn't stand this character. <laughs> I, this the, he he's so the sneer and the smile and this yeah because I mean he's. He's he's such an unlikable character, and and even an unforgivable character, uh, and he's just that annoying younger brother. Uh, again, dad is gone. It's it's just uh, the two boys and and the mom, and it's doing all these manipulative things to get what he wants, and everyone else, if they're caught in the crossfire, then so be it. Uh, and and the main, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the the person who gets the brunt of that the it's most is his older brother. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginning, the older brother is wanting to go to a store to get something for mom for her birthday, and he doesn't really want to go. And it's it's that really passive aggressive type attitude while going there and then once they are there he's like oh this is stupid this is a stupid looking store i don't want to be here i'm just going to go to the next store the toy store is right next door and then when he finally does come back over he's just messing with stuff and he ends up stealing his brother's money that he was going to buy the present with and then goes over and buys a video game instead and then comes back right before they're closing and then when they come home and they see how late it is and he doesn't care, the older brother's like, we got to hurry up and get home. Mom's going to be really angry with us. He said, I don't care. Anytime a child is like, I'm not worried about parents wrath. You know, you've got somebody who's got a serious attitude problem <laughs> uh, because anytime, anytime I was there, there was even a hint that my mother or father were upset. I was already about to uh, have to require a change of underwear uh <laughs> this guy has does not does not care don't, don't care about mom don't care about my little brother don't care about anybody and uh then whenever mom did find out that we're they're late i, I could ring both their little necks and then brother was gone he went to go take care of something else and sam is going oh yeah well he was just saying i don't care i'm gonna go to, to a friend's house i don't care if mom gets mad about it or not it completely threw his little brother his older brother under the bus and got him in trouble and as mom is lecturing the older brother he's standing behind mom making these little funny faces at his older brother and as soon as mom turns around acts all sweet and innocent that younger brother trope and it's yeah. Oh, you just want to smack. It's not even a smack. It's a punch. You want to full on punch this kid. Yeah. To the degree that once the Crimson Clown shows up, it's not scary. It's yes. Get him. Get yes. the little punk. You're on the side of the Crimson yeah. Clown. Exactly. Yeah. He, he is the villain. Uh, Sam is the villain of this episode. And uh, it's such a rare thing whenever you're not scared of the villain of the monster for the episode. You're you're actually rooting him on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, no, of, of every character and every Nick. Nickelodeon show period I Sam is the epitome of the most awful person period in my very humble opinion 
I hundred percent have to agree with you. It's it's one of those things where even once he makes the resolution at the end, you still don't like him. Yeah, I'm just still, like, I don't care. It's yeah. it's unresolvable. It carries over because he plays another character in Are You Afraid of the Dark later on in a different episode. Um and I just all I can ever remember him for is that one role in Crimson yes. Cloud. And it's yeah, it's he did so he is, good. He did a good job, but it's yeah, it's like like you said, like I don't even know maybe it's his face is kind of punchable um but yeah that's he he is just such a terrible character he's stealing out from his mom's birthday he's already mm-hmm. doesn't give give a you know two about his mom's birthday but now he's taking the, the gift money um he's so whiny he's like he cries when he gets like just an ounce of like the justice he deserves against him um yeah he just a terrible character i'm glad you bring him up because I, I i wouldn't have even thought to have him on the list but yeah it's just, it's just so many options that he chooses too that's just like okay just pick one or two you need to do like seven of them you're just gonna be <laughs> like just this horrible like you're, you're like it's like a precursor to like joffrey you know you're like yeah, <laughs> it's like a it's like, yeah. precursor to silence stuff. of the lands or something yeah, yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> All right, well, we'll we'll list off our um, dishonorable mentions real quick. Uh, Andy, do you have any dishonorable mentions? Yeah, just to, I wanted to, uh, Helga, I couldn't put on there just because I know her family life. Or, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of thought to where, like, her mom was an alcoholic, her dad is working <clears throat> all the time, her sister was, her older sister was the, the star of the family. And so I was like, ah, as I couldn't, I couldn't separate Helga just as a, cause I have kids now and I'm going to, you know, an adult, I'm like, Oh, I can't put her on there. You know, I just feel so bad for her. And then also uh, Angelica, I couldn't do that either because I have kids and she's left alone. Her mom's too busy for her. And that's why she's acting out. So those two, I just, I couldn't separate the adult Andy from the kid Andy. So those are my dishonorable sure, mentions. Sure. Yeah. Jordy. Well, so I got a few on here and uh, I'll start off with, Torvald right so Torvald from Hey Arnold is an episode where Arnold basically has to tutor him in exchange to get him to stop bullying him and his friends um which in the episode I always found kind of weird it's always weird when Arnold takes like a least altruistic path he's obviously doing it to get his friends but he he's literally not helping this kid except for the fact that he'll get him to stop beating up his friends in the beginning as it goes on he starts to understand Torvald's situation um but Torvald's a weird character because even after all of this and Arnold helping him and him having come to terms and being maybe a less of a bully, he still remains a bully throughout the show. Uh, he just kind of stops affecting Arnold and his local group of friends. And I don't know if that's just because he's honoring the deal he made with Arnold um, for him having helped him with the test. But uh, Torvald is one of those bully characters um, like it, it's a heartwarming story when it's going on um, and he's like showing him and his mom being proud of him for what accomplishments he has. But uh, yeah, Torvald, I, I couldn't put him on there just because he doesn't really like have consistency throughout the show. And he only he's like a made up bully. And there's already enough bullies and hey, Arnold. So Torvald didn't need to exist. You know, maybe Wolfgang would have been better need to have this like arc with rather than Torvald but um yeah then going on to the next um and are you afraid of the dark choice um this is gonna be Josh from the laughing in the dark episode um 
mainly because I don't know why it's always stuck with me, but him, the way he says Ouija's name <laughs> and the way he acts towards him the entire time. Um, I don't know. He's just, he's one of those great bully antagonists. And obviously, yeah, he's, uh, he's in other Nick shows as well. I mean, it's a uh, Christian Tezier, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he, he, he kind of plays like that snide kind of role in a few other <laughs> characters that he plays, but he really brings it to the table for a laughing in the dark and uh, got got also just shout out his weird hockey room that he has in his, for uh, some reason, a hockey themed Canada. <laughs> Everyone in Canada has a hockey room. <laughs> um, and then I'll just run through my, my other few here. Um I wanted to give a shout out. This isn't a Nick character, but they felt like they needed a shout out because it has alumni from Nickelodeon that made it. Uh, this is from Recess. There's two characters, Lawson and Randall. They're like the two main bully characters from Recess. Oh, um, sure. Uh, I love TJ and Lawson's back and forth all the time. Um, and then Randall is like just the ultimate snitch, right? Like when it comes yeah. to a playground snitch, he is he's the guy it's even his family he comes from a family of snitches it's it's very funny <laughs> so oh, i, was gonna uh, say, I la- feel like when randall grows up he's gonna he's gonna be like an igor like yeah this mess <laughs> like he just has a little vibe about him you know like yeah. he, I, I think he will <laughs> if you see his dad in the the parents day episode um i think his dad comes back in a few other episodes too like the randall's birthday episode but his dad is literally like a a an igor gremlin man um <laughs> yeah. like he he's exactly who you'd think would work for like the KGB or something like that. <laughs> um and then last but not least, since we're covering the worst of the worst of the bullies and the worst people of Nickelodeon, I think I had to put Angela Anaconda on here. No! No! My name is Angela. Hey, hello. Welcome oh, to God. my very own show. Oh, God. She's a terrorist of her own show and her own friends, and she has a bully, and she's worse than her own bully. So, yeah, for those who who hate Angela, um, yeah, she's she was too bad to even make the list, so she gets dishonorable mention. So, <laughs> she bullies the viewer. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh man, it's so good. Yeah, we we had a somebody put a question. Uh, what's what's the best uh, theme song, Nickelodeon theme song? <laughs> and somebody said Angela Anaconda. I've never wanted to ban a person <laughs> off the group for just their opinion. It's so bad in my in my entire tenure as an admin. Hey, hello! Get ready for my very own show. <laughs> uh, for my dishonorable mentions, I'll, I'll run through them real quick. Uh, one of them is Endless Mike. Uh, like I said, he was my number two villain for uh, Pete and Pete. I really, really like him. Uh, but also the Gromble from All Real Monsters. Okay. Uh, if if you can have a teacher as a bully, that was him. Uh, he was super intimidating and. L- loved to terrify his students uh, but uh, also in all real monsters you have the snorch and zimbo who were just super annoying characters uh, especially zimbo oh my gosh i couldn't stand him but um also a couple of dishonorable mentions uh, both from uh secret world of alex mac one i i don't know her name 
Uh, I know she has a name. I cannot think of the episode, but there was one episode where there was a bully who was messing with several people. And by the end of it, much like how little Pete brought a crowd together to face said bully in paper for paper cut, Alex Mack did the same thing with a group of students very much attacking not really attacking, but standing up to the bully. And it was one of those speeches that you could tell the writers were trying to tell kids how to properly handle bullies and not do it in a silly, goofy way. And I really respect what they were doing for that episode. And and I remember more the standing up at the end, more so than I remember the bully. So I can't I can't remember her. But uh, the other one is is Jess from or Jessica from Alex Mack, who was in like the first two episodes and it was Jessica Alba. Uh, and they actually just used her name, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another dishonorable mention was the bully on my brother and me. Uh, I can't think of her name either, but uh, that was the one that again, everyone quotes where uh, Dee Dee was standing up to the bully and you don't see the bully. You just see her, her perspective. Mm-hmm. And he was going, come on, hit me, hit me, hit me one season of that show too it's so sad i love that show yeah that's crazy yeah good pick good out of the pocket pick there wow yeah. i'm really impressed that's awesome sorry go ahead <laughs> and, and the other two bullies i have uh one is technically not a nickelodeon show but it did premiere on nickelodeon so i still count it is montana max from tiny toon adventures oh wow and which incidentally is the third time that we have danny cooksey on this episode because he also was the voice of Montana Max. And I almost put this one, but I knew if I really went down the rabbit hole with this, I was going to go in a far deeper territory than I really wanted to. But I do consider Ren from Ren and Stimpy as a bully, <laughs> oh, uh, especially sure. especially for Stimpy. But yes, I knew if I went down that rabbit hole, it was going to be total abuse. And I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go that rabbit hole. But there, there are my dishonorable mentions. Nice, yeah, yeah. I'd have to agree. Ren is uh, Stimpy's biggest bully, um, but yeah, there's just yeah. so much to cover. You could never go through it all. I mean, just, uh, yeah, Ren is. And on a lighter note, I was kind of thinking Norbit from Two Angry Beavers. I was like, yeah, he's just, he's, yeah. I don't think he's meaning <laughs> to be a bully, but kind of the same way where it's like Ren and Stimpy, Norbit, and that. Yeah, so that's yeah, great one. Yeah, yeah instigator, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for this portion of the episode, uh, I I do want to take a moment to say that while this episode is very lighthearted and very fun, and we've had a great time discussing these different things, bullies, it, it is a very serious issue. And I know that both Brett and I have talked at length about being bullied before in previous episodes of the podcast. And I'm sure, like I said earlier, I'm sure most of us, if not all of us here, have dealt with bullies at some point within our lives. And I would love to say that bullies are mostly in our youth, they're in school, and they become easier to handle the older we get. But that's not really the reality of it. Uh, we may get older and we may get wiser, but bullies also get more tactical and more conniving. And uh, there are adults, uh, and right now even other content creators that I know of, that are having to deal with bullies on a regular basis. And many of us have children of our own, and they have to go to school, and they have to deal with bullies too. And given the nature of today's topic, 
I do want to get serious just for a moment, and I want to give some tools to help raise awareness for this and how to handle bullies in your life, uh, not only as an adult, but also ways to educate your children if they're experiencing bullies and, and you don't know how to handle that. Um, so you'll find all these tools in the description below. Please utilize them. Uh, I'm bumping my mic as I'm saying this because uh, I'm I'm I talk with my hands and I have no space between my monitor and my mic. Uh, but the last rather serious point, like I said, this won't take me long, is I want to share a very very beautiful story from Nick Caruso uh, in our last episode where we reviewed a couple Welcome Freshman episodes. Uh, Nick, who played Manny on Welcome Freshman, shared with us his experience about life was like for him both before and after being part of the show. And he went into depth about bullies and how it affected his life. And at the end of the episode, I had to cut it from the main episode, but I asked for his permission to share that story in this episode because I knew we were going to be talking about this. And he was happy to do so because he feels that it's an important subject to discuss. So with that, I'm going to play this clip presenting Nick Caruso. So again, it, it was a unique experience because, again, as I said, like guys like Jaeger, like they made it like you were going to get an education. You still had to do your work. You know what I mean? And ultimately, we were all pretty sharp kids to begin with. And, and I mean, that's why we were picked. You know what I mean? That's how we can memorize scripts and stuff, you know, like one a week, every three days or whatever. But like, honestly, it, it was it was cool being tutored, man. That was one of the best parts about it because I didn't have to deal with, you know, being the outcast in a public environment and being chosen and being recognized for a talent when when you're a kid and you're bullied which i was um you don't really understand that most of them do it out of envy you don't really get that when you're a kid you it, like it it feels like genuine hatred for no reason you know what i mean you don't really understand that most of them are coming from a place of pain so it, yeah. it, it's difficult for a kid to put that into perspective when he's yeah. experiencing um, even violence sometimes uh, at the hands of other people, predominantly out of envy. And when you're when you're convinced that you're um, talentless and useless or whatever, and then you find out by being chosen by by a TV program that you're in fact a uh, part of my French. You know what I mean? And, and honestly, like it being tutored was really a relief because I was able to do the work and get it done, and then still focus on my artistry and still you know participate in that experience you know what i mean and again go as i said when i went back there it was real weird because everybody flip-flopped on me but being tutor was a blast man well, that was the best part about it thank you so much nick for letting me share that very enlightening story and i i once more want to encourage all of you who are listening that if you or someone you know is dealing with a bully no matter what your age is please utilize the tools that you have available to you below you guys are awesome we're all happy you're here. Their actions and their words are not worth you giving them your peace. So that out of the way, let's let's break away from the seriousness seriousness and, <laughs> and back into some more lighthearted fun. Yeah. Uh, we have one more segment for the end of our episode that our writer Manny has presented to us. I have no idea what these options are, so I'm super excited about this. <laughs> Uh, we are going to pick a card, any card, because it's time for Wild Card. Wild 
Okay, for this segment, Jordy knows how this works. Uh, Andy, what is going to happen is I will have five cards down here digitally. Uh, we've got spades, diamonds, clubs, hearts, and joker, all of each suit. Uh, we are each going to pick one card. And on this card is going to be another bully. And we are going to compare them to see if they are worse or tied with some of the other bullies that we've picked in our episode so far. So, uh, Andy, you are our guest. So, spades, diamonds, clubs, hearts, joker. Which suit do you choose? I'll go joker because I have two joker tattoos from Batman. So, oh, right. One to, yeah, one to go. <laughs> Which Joker? Is it a specific one or just a comic-based one? I have the Heath Ledger while he's in the nurse uniform, and then I also have the cover of uh, The Killing Joke, but in um, it, it's the Joker, but in a bat symbol, so it's pretty cool. Nice. Oh, right on. I love Very that. cool. Very cool. Okay, Joker it is. Let's see what we got here. And we have Squidward from that Sponge show, as Manny wrote it, because he knows I'm not a SpongeBob fan. And I'm happy you got this one, and not me, because I haven't seen a single... Well, I've, I've seen a few episodes of SpongeBob. It's not for me. But you, obviously, I've seen it and, and love it and appreciate it. So how does Squidward compare to our other picks for this episode? Sure, yeah. I uh, So for me, when I think of Squidward, I don't really think too much of a bully. I feel kind of more like he is like a millennial. <laughs> I, I understand <laughs> the older I'm getting, the more I realize, like, you know, uh, going to work every day and it's just, it starts beating down on you a little bit. And then you see the, you know, maybe a little bit younger generation coming in, just, ha you know, having fun. You're like, oh, just wait till you get a little bit older. <laughs> but I don't really see him actually, other than being annoyed from SpongeBob and occasionally uh, kind of, you know, not really picking on him, but trying to, I guess, stop something that's annoying him for the most part i feel like squidward's pretty good uh not so much like a bully like the other one so i'd have to go at most he is tied with everybody on my list i don't think he's as bad as a bully but minimum he's tied with them okay yeah fair enough uh jordy which one do you pick i'm gonna go with diamonds, diamonds. feeling expensive <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> And, and because I know John is probably listening, diamonds are forever. There's my <laughs> there's my obligatory James Bond reference. In diamonds, we have Victor from Ren and Stimpy. Okay, um, I got it. Yeah, I gotta, I've I've watched the entire series, and I don't remember who Victor was. I got to look it up real quick. Yeah, on top of my head, I don't recall Victor, but there's so many Ren and Stimpy characters that get introduced throughout the different episodes. I kind of think uh, Powdered Toast Man. I guess he's not really a bully, but he really does mess stuff up wherever he goes. Him and the horse. the uh, No, sir, rubber, I don't like it. Rubber nipple horse. <laughs> I know... I know more about Red and Snippy just from the video games because it I was I couldn't do the gross out of humor. The the actual show grossed me out when I was a kid. <laughs> I've seen it so many times. Oh my goodness. Okay, so here we go. I'm just gonna read this off. Uh, Victor, because I'm I'm pulling up the fandom page. Victor was a huge 12 year old boy with orange hair that always wears a white collar, black tie, and sweater vest. Though he dresses sharp. He is known as the school bully who beats up Ren and Stimpy along with a young boy named Anthony. 
what he would normally do to Stimpy is give him stomach punches, and every time he punched him, he'd say, happy, happy, joy, joy, <laughs> and would sometimes love twisting Ren's head until his neck got wrecked. The only person who is proud of Victor is his father, who would be waiting for Victor in a station wagon with a sign on the driver's door reading, Victor's dad. <laughs> Victor's first appearance was in A Visit to Anthony, and Victor and his father made another appearance in No Pants Today, offering an insecure Stimpy a pair of underpants if he can pass their initiation. Stimpy succeeded and was given a pair of underpants by Victor's dad, which was time for him to change after wearing them for six months. Uh, they tossed Stimpy out of the station wagon, and they laughed, and not paying attention to the road, they drove off a cliff. Jeez Louise. And that was That's the a lot that of character. information. That's a lot of information for a character in two episodes. <laughs> so just just based on that info, uh, how do you feel Victor compares to the rest of the uh, villains or villains, um, bullies we picked for this episode? Um, you know, I get he's like a school bully and he sounds pretty intense. And I mean, who isn't intense in that show? Um, but, you know, just based off the fact that none of us remembered him off the top of our head, I'd say he'd have to fall beneath. Uh, so like a number six spot or something like that. Uh, so here's here's the funny thing also that I just read in, in reading that whole description of Victor from Red and Stimpy. This is the fourth time now that we've had Danny Cooksey on the show. Because <laughs> he was the voice of Victor. Which is insane. Uh, when you've got a, a voice that just lends itself to be a bully, you 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 play your you play your card, man. Yeah, you get typecasts. <laughs> uh so playing cards. I'm going to look at mine. Okay, what do I have? I've got spades, clubs, and hearts. I think I picked spades last time. I am going to go. I'll go with hearts this time and see what that is. The Greaser Dogs from Cat Dog. Oh, how did we not add the Greaser Dogs from Cat Dog? I, I, that didn't even occur to me till just now. But yeah, I mean, I guess because like Dog has like a romantic relationship sort of going on with one of them. So I don't see them like they're bully. But yeah, I guess it still works. Because if I can see Angelica, or not Angelica, uh, Helga as a bully that should be able to see them as one so yeah no the greaser dogs but yeah yet as a whole as a whole not individually i don't think individually any of them works as their own bully maybe the main one who's name what's his name i was doing some research on bullies uh, uh cliff lube and shriek cliff lube and shriek okay yeah so it's uh cliff then yeah yeah dan yeah they're classic man how did how did I miss the cat dog bullies? This is one of the shows. I don't think I don't know if I've watched a full episode of Cat Dog. I don't think I've watched an episode. This is maybe the only one I can't even talk about. Yeah, <laughs> and, no and I'm there. Nothing. I'm there with you. And and the funny thing is, I have the whole series on DVD because I. It's one of those. I, I I got all of them, and then it was like I'm gonna go back and watch this show just because I want to check them all out. Uh, all all everything that Nickelodeon did, I want to check it. I check all the stuff they did in the '90s, and uh, <clears throat> I just haven't I haven't had a chance to check out Cat Dog yet. And I remember seeing one episode when I was uh, back in 99 it was either 98 or 99 when I was checking it out but by that point uh, and I've said this before that was right 
I was getting out of cartoons. And, uh, and that's when I found James Bond and started getting into action movies. And uh, I remember one night I was just flipping through TV. What's on? And I, there was nothing on. And I saw this cat dog show. I was like, what is this? This is this is weird. <laughs> I don't know if I... I, uh, I don't know. And the thing is, I love Ren and Stimpy. I love Ren and Stimpy as a kid. I love it as, as an adult. And you would think... Because this seems so much in line with Ren and Stimpy with its gross out humor and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And, and very... Oh, very unlikable characters and things like that. But I, yeah. I don't know. The the one episode I saw, and I, I can't even tell you what it was. I just felt so bad for Cat, uh, <laughs> with how stupid Dog was and how it, it constantly resulted in Cat's misery. And I don't know. I just felt bad for the guy. Uh, so, no, I, I'm glad that you said that about uh, about the greaser dogs because uh, I wouldn't have had anything to, to offer. I was like, Jordy, you're you're my you're my early 2000s guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're gonna talk cat, dog, and bullies too, we have to mention Winslow, their little blue rat. Uh, mm-hmm. he, they say he's a rat that look like a rat that lives in their walls. <laughs> he is their constant antagonist, putting them down at the beginning of every episode. So, uh, and I think. <laughs> maybe voiced by the same person I did Roger from Doug but not 100% on that maybe they're just going for the same voice but check that right now oh okay so it was it's Carlos Alizar oh Rocky. yes yes oh weird I didn't know that that's great I love Reno 901 yeah so if there he's yeah he's got a a long list of stuff that he's done both voice acting and acting so um yeah classic uh well that is that is it uh just to see what the other ones were uh for spades we had the mayor from action league now uh (laughs) but i I consider him more as a as a villain and less of a bully uh because he was actually trying to he would have plots to (laughs) try to inflict pain or gain powers i don't really competent villain right yeah yeah and clubs we had percy beamer from doug uh, you want to hurt you want to hurt donut yeah and uh, i thought him as well but uh, i think he was one of the few bullies that actually put roger in his place uh, which i i i thought was pretty cool but as as for that we've wild card is is done for the episode <laughs> and it's time to start wrapping things up but before we do wrap the episode up completely. We have to have our closing question for all of you Slimesters who are listening. So our question for the episode is, who are your favorite bullies that you love to hate? And it doesn't have to be Nickelodeon. It can be from any show, any channel, any movie. Uh, you can include Biff Tannen if you want. Uh, who are your favorite bullies? You can write to us via email at splatattack2021 at gmail.com. Feel free to DM us on Instagram or Facebook uh, or Twitter. Uh, find us at, uh, well, or X, I should say, uh, at Splat Attack Podcast. Uh, if you're not already subscribed to our channel, please do so. Uh, if you're listening and watching on YouTube, interact with us wherever you can find us on social media. Uh, we, we don't bite too hard. Uh, but with with that out of the way and, and we officially wrap up the episode thank you so much uh, again Andy for taking the time to come out and, and share with us your opinions uh, this was a lot of fun and you pulled out some good ones that I, I never would have thought of so thank you so much for doing this 
pleasure is all mine. I had a blast tonight. Uh, make sure everybody subscribes to this podcast. It's great. Go back, listen to all the episodes. Wonderful. It's just, yeah, I had such a fun time. We got to do it again for sure. Yeah, dude, thank you so much for joining us. Such a great time. I mean, everybody brought their own little flavor here tonight. So I did definitely wouldn't have been the same without you. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, we we said in our commercial break, but if you're not following Notable Nostalgia, give them some shout. Uh, Andy's awesome. Uh, Ali is awesome. So su- support them out there. Thank you. Uh, but until the next episode, Jordy, will you help me with constructing the studio set, please? I'm starting to get a cramp from sitting on this toilet, hiding out from all these bullies this whole episode, and I want to peek to see if the coast is clear. <laughs> Aye, aye, co-captain. I'm actually closest to the stall right now, so let me just check and see if everyone's out and gone home, and we can maybe get out of here. All right. You you, you go for that. Uh, splat you later, Slimesters. I'm going to see if I can get out of here. Hello? What? Hey, there's no podcasting in the bathroom after school hours. Cheese it, guys. It's the fuzz. Bye. <laughs> Uh, well, I think I just slipped in the toilet, but, um, bye. (laughs) 